Bless your holy name. Hallelujah. You're wonderful. Oh God, you're my counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace. Teach us, oh God. Lead us, oh God. Instruct us. Watch over us. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, you're awesome, God. Oh, God, continue to be our guide, continue to lead us and guide us, help us to walk in your way, in your truth, you are the life. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the sunlight. I thank you for the rain. I thank you for the shadows, oh, God. I thank you for the pain. In everything we give thanks, oh, God, for this is your will in Christ Jesus concerning us. Help us to look to you, oh, God. Help us to look to you in faith, because we want to please you, oh, God. We want to do those things that are pleasing in your sight oh my god continue continue to have your way my god in our lives in our living in our doing oh god help us to love you help us to know you my god and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering in the name of jesus father we bless your name Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we begin our program, we pray, dear God, that you would take full charge. Oh, God, you would direct us. You would lead us. You would guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. A pleasant good morning to you, you and you, Brother Brown, here this morning. And it's good to be back. It's good to be back with you. Today is Monday. May 11th, 2020, and we are thankful to God that we are yet able to be in your presence. This is a program, Master of Arts, New Testament Letters program, yes, and as I said, today is Monday, May the 11th, and we are concluding the book of Romans. Our topic today is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 
This is how Paul concludes this letter. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's begin. In John chapter 11 verse 48, we find a council convening against Jesus Christ. And they made a decision concerning him that if they left him alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both their place and nation. So they were willing for him to be put to death to save their nation and their positions. The decision that they made was they would be saving their positions and their nation by putting Jesus to death. In Acts chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, we see where God, who in times past, allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling the hearts with food and gladness. So whereas Israel was called and chosen to be a nation of kings and priests, the rest of the nations were suffered, were allowed to walk in their own ways, but God left witnesses for himself. In Acts chapter 16, verse 21, we find where Paul and Silas had gone out to witness unto the nations now, the Philippians, and they were now charged with teaching customs which the Philippians regarded as not lawful for them to receive being Romans. So the word of God was being taught, but the Philippians took opposition to the word of God because Paul and Silas had cast out a young casted out a spirit of divination from a young woman. So they were taken before the magistrates, they were beaten, they were beaten openly and uncondemned, cast into prison, and an earthquake shook the prison, tore in the bars off, opened up everything. The jailer got saved, and here Paul and Silas remained in the house. They did not flee, but they stayed there, and Paul in the morning realized that the magistrates wanted to expel them from the prison after they had wrongfully entreated them. <coughs> but Paul told the soldiers, no, 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 let the magistrates come themselves and escort them out as an acknowledgement that they had erred. There are times when differences of opinion, different situations will arise and the resolution is such that those who find themselves contrary to the things of the written word have to make amendments. So after these things, Paul purposed in his spirit that after he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, he would go to Jerusalem. Paul had a desire to go up to Jerusalem to bring an offering sent by the saints for the poor in Jerusalem. And afterwards, he said... When he has been there, he must see Rome also. He wrote to the Romans of this intention, telling them, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach a gospel to you that are at Rome also. So Paul went up to Jerusalem, was taken prisoner, took, 
by the soldiers, by Lysias, to a castle where they were about to scourge him, to examine him, and he informed them that he was a Roman. And when the centurion heard that, he told the chief captain, Take heed, be careful what you do, for this man is a Roman. So the night came and they did not scourge Paul, but Paul was delivered into the hands of Julius, a centurion, on a ship going to Alexandria, and the ship encountered turbulent weather. Paul advised them not to set out, not to leave out from port, but they believed the owners of the vessel and the masters of the ship. So they were caught in a great big storm and the ship was about to be torn up and everybody was in fear of their lives. So, the night following, the Lord stood by Paul encouraging him, telling him, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Because as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou be a witness at all at Rome also. So the Lord reassured Paul that he was not going to lose his life, nor would any lose their life in this storm, in this turbulent weather, in this ship caught in the sea being torn apart, if they all remain on board. So Paul told that to the centurion and the owners of the ship and the shipmaster, and they stayed on board. However, it was necessary that they land on a certain island. This came to pass, and all were saved. So Paul was then picked up by another vessel, he along with the other prisoners, and they were taken to Rome. After being in Rome for three days, it came to pass, Paul called the chief of the Jews together, and when they were come, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. So he began to speak to the chief of the Jews, letting them know that he had committed nothing against the people or the customs of the fathers, yet he was delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Paul had preached the word of God. And in preaching the word of God, there are some that will take offense to it, but you must preach the word. And Paul had preached the word of God. Do I have committed nothing against the people? Or the customs of our fathers? Yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Our topic again today is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The unmerited, undeserved favor of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And Paul was writing to the Romans, expressing and outlining the doctrine of the church, the articles of the faith. He was expressing these things to the Romans prior to him coming there. Romans chapter 16. It says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sancria, that he receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that he assist her in whatsoever business she had need of you, for she had been a succor of many and of myself also. So Paul was making a gracious conclusion to his letter, making recommendations, acknowledgments, and such like. And he commended 
he could recommend Phoebe, our sister, which was a servant of the church which is at St. Crea. She had labored. She had done the work of the Lord. She had done the things of God. And Paul said he's asking the church at Rome that they receive her in the Lord as become its saints. And not only that, that they assist her in whatsoever business she had need of you. For she had been a helper of many and of myself also. So Phoebe was commended by Paul. She was a minister or a servant. A servant is a minister. A minister is a servant of the church. And Paul recommended her, asked that she be assisted in whatever she was doing. She had helped many and helped him also. And then Paul asked in verse 3, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. Who have lay, who have for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. So Paul, in making his gracious conclusion and acknowledgement, spoke about Priscilla and Aquila as his helpers in Christ Jesus. Paul was an apostle in Jesus Christ. And there are times as you labor in the Lord and you do work of the Lord, you need assistance. So Priscilla and Aquila were assistance, assistance to Paul. They laid down their own nest, necks. They risked their lives. They took chances above and beyond that which was necessary. They laid down their own necks for Paul's sake. He says, I thank him. Unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. We have to learn to acknowledge and appreciate those that labor with us and among us. We cannot do the work all by ourselves. Ministry is not a one-man operation, nor is it a one-man show. Ministry is about a body working together, performing that which every part is best able to do. And Paul wanted to thank Aquila and Priscilla for the work that they had done. And not only he was thanking them, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Then he said, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Paul asked that the church that is in their house be greeted. We must remember that what we see being presented as the church now are vestiges of the old Roman Empire. But the church... The church that the Lord set up met in houses, they met in buildings, they met in catacombs, they met in the fields, they met at the dock, they met by the seashores, they met in the parks, they met wherever two or three of them were gathered together, the Lord was there. So Paul asked that the church that was in their house be greeted. Don't feel belittled when one speak about the church that you have in your house. It is biblical. It rests in the word. And Paul said, greet the church that is in their house. 
He said, salute my well-beloved Epinetus. Salute him, greet him, who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. Those coming to Christ out of Achaia, Epinetus was one of the first of them. Then he said, greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Now, this Mary could have been one of many. John Mark's mother, her name was Mary. Mary Magdalene, then you had Mary, the mother of Jesus. So this could have been anybody, but he said, greet Mary because she bestowed much labor with us, on us. Now, what, does, what do all these people have in common that Paul recommended and greeted? They were laborers. They worked. They did the work of the ministry. They helped to edify the body of Christ. They were laboring. They were doing, they were about the work of the Lord. Greet Mary, who bestowed much what? Labor on us. Then he said, salute Andronicus and Junior, my kinsmen, his relatives. Paul had relatives also that were participants in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He said, salute Andronicus and Junior, my kinsmen, my relatives, my cousins. And my fellow prisoners. So they were not only companions and kinsmen in the flesh. They were also fellow prisoners. They took the gospel to the point where they were willing to be incarcerated for the word of God. He said, who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. So his relatives accepted the Lord before he did, were known of the apostles. Yes, they accepted Christ before him and the apostles knew of them. So he says, salute my relatives. We have to be gracious in our doings, even in the ministry, acknowledging others. It's not just about us. It's not about me. It's not about you, but it's about the body of Christ. Paul then said, greet Amplias, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Amplias. Amplias was loved of Paul. Why? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And when you carry and conduct yourself in the right ways of God, you are beloved in the Lord. Then Paul said, salute Urbane, our helper in Christ. And Stachys, my beloved. So Paul loved the brethren. He loved Stachys. He loved Amplias. And Urbane helped, labored in the Lord. He says, Salute Apelles, approved in Christ. Now, that's a different term, and we will get to that. He said, Salute them which are of Aristobulus's household. So Paul was greeting, recommending, commending. And he said, salute Apelles, approved in Christ. It is necessary, beloved, that we take the time to prove all things. And then we can hold fast to that which is good. And he Apelles, even maybe as a young minister, was being tried, tested, and proved. The word says, let these also first be proved. And Apelles was proved and now approved, recommended 
He was approved in Christ. He was going to live a certain way. He was going to conduct himself a certain way. He was going to behave according to the traditions and the word of Jesus Christ. He was going to live that way and he was now approved in Christ. And Paul said, salute them which are of Aristobulus' household. So the church, not just in one place, but in every place was being greeted, saluted. They weren't in bonds. They weren't in bondage. They weren't bound to any buildings or any one man. But here he was greeting the brethren. Salute Apelles. Salute Aristobulus' household. Salute Herodian, my kinsman. Here Paul came across another relative, Herodian. Related to him, he said, salute him. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. It's critical. It's vital that we understand that Paul was a master at using words. He was a master craftsman in using language. Paul said, salute Herodian, my kinsman. Yes. Then he says, greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. So Narcissus had people in his household who were in the Lord, but also there were people who were not in the Lord. Oh, I don't know if you see that. So Paul said, greet them that be of the household of Narcissus. Then he added, which are in the Lord. People can be in the house and not in the Lord. People can be in the body, but not in Christ. Jesus said, let the wheat and the tares grow together until the day of harvest. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. But we have to be gracious. We have to allow others the opportunity to come to Christ, to know the Lord, just like we had the opportunity we had the privilege. Somebody took the time to pray for us. Somebody was patient with us. Somebody labored with us. And here Paul was greeting the laborers. He was greeting the laborers in the vineyard. He was greeting those who took the time to do the job. Salute, Erodia, my kinsmen. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Then he said, salute Tryphena and Tryphosa who labor in the Lord. I tell you, we have to have a job, something to do in this body. In the body of Christ, every member of your natural body has a particular function, a particular job, a particular office. Every part of your body is vital for the upkeep, for the life of your body. So it is with the church. Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis which labored much in the Lord. Now I want to pause here to point out the difference between those who labor in the Lord and they, those who labored much in the Lord. Everybody came carry the same load. Everybody came bear the same weight. The Bible says the weaker vessel and the stronger vessel and you're not going to put a hundred pound bag on something that's tested for 20 pounds. But here he said, Persis, beloved, labored much in the Lord. To whom much is given, much is required. And to whom little is given, little is required. So you have expectations 
of individuals and some you have great expectations of them, others not so much because you know what they are able. It's according to the measure of their faith. Paul continued by saying, salute Rufus. And then that master craftsman used the word. He said, chosen in the Lord. Salute Rufus. Chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. So Paul took this back a little bit. Now who was Rufus? Rufus was the son of Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene bore the cross when Jesus was being crucified. So Paul was saying that Rufus was chosen in the Lord. There are some in the body of Christ that have been chosen to a particular function. And we have to be wise enough to know that and to acknowledge the same as we labor and minister in this great gospel. Paul asked that Rufus chosen the Lord, his mother and Paul's mother be saluted. Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. But then he comes to Rufus. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Now, when you're performing jobs and various things, you know what is suitable and best utilized in certain position. And Rufus was chosen. Israel were chosen. You and I were chosen. We did not choose Christ. But he chose us for the particular task that we have to do. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. Salute Asyncritus, Philegon, Hermas, Patrobas, Hermes, and the brethren which are, which are with them. Now Paul came to a group of brethren that were laboring together. And he grouped them together. As I said, the ministry is not a one-man show. The ministry was about a body working together. Paul asked that Asyncritus, Legon, Hermas, Patrobas, and Hermes, and the brethren which were with them be saluted. Then he continued, Salute Philologos and Julia and Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints which are with them. This is not a one-man church, a one-place church. This was church everywhere in Rome. This was churches everywhere in their homes, in their houses. But they were one body in fellowship. Salute Philologos, and Julia, and Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints which are with them. Then Paul said, Salute one another with, a, with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Paul, in his salutations, asked that we salute one another with a holy kiss. He said, the churches of Christ salute you. It wasn't any one-man operation. The churches of Christ. We saw the seven churches in Asia. 
But Christ was in the midst of them. He is the head of all things to the church. He had the seven stars in his right hand. And he walked among the seven golden candlesticks. The churches of Christ salute you. They were in fellowship. They were in harmony. They were on one accord. They cared for their brethren. Paul knew them by name. He knew the relationships. He was not concerned about meat and milk. He was concerned about sheep and lambs. He was concerned about the people. He knew them. He expressed hospitality, graciousness, caring, love, and sharing for the brethren. Then Paul changed the tone of the letter. We can see the stark contrast and observe the change in the letter as he wrote these words. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. Paul told it. He said, now I beg you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. Many have not studied. Many have not learned. Many don't want to walk together that they might learn and study the apostles' doctrine. So they cause offenses by behavior, by doings, by the way they treat one another, by the way they exploit one another. Paul said, I beg you to mark them. You got to know them. The offenses that are contrary to the doctrine, the things they do that is in opposition to the word which you have learned, he says, avoid them. Listen to this. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. They're not serving Jesus Christ, but their own belly. God didn't write it. I, told, I tell people all the time, I just preach a word. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. They're not serving Christ, but their own belly. They're concerned about themselves, eating, drinking, banqueting. They serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Listen to this. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. You know, oftentimes people say, Brother Brown, oh, the word and, you know, different things concerning the word. But here, the people that you are told to avoid are people who by good words and fierce speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, when one is outspoken, they have to make sure that they speak out the words of God. But those that are cunning and crafty, they use nice, good words, pleasing words, fierce speeches, to deceive the hearts of the simple. Then Paul said, For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. He knew those who were obedient. Likewise, he knew those who were disobedient. Paul said, For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple 
concerning evil. Now Paul was saying to the brethren, to the beloved, I'm sharing this with you that you might understand what you go into, what you enter into, so that you may be able to extricate yourself if necessary. He said, for your obediences come abroad unto all men. People know that you are willing to obey. And he said, I am glad therefore on your behalf. He says, but I am glad that you with faith and a hoping heart and innocence is just willing to go up and serve the Lord. He says, I'm glad. I'm glad for your obedience. He says, but yet. He said, there, is, there are still things you have to know. But yet, I would have you wise unto that which is good. He wanted to develop the wisdom in you to that which is good. And you become simple concerning evil. So he wants you to discern between good and evil. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet, I got to warn you that you will be wise unto that which is good. And simple, knowing how to easily avoid that which is evil. Paul continued by saying, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. I know different ones will jump up and they will say various things. But it is God. All things are of God that does the things that need to be done unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. The angel said, Satan, the Lord, Satan, the Lord rebuke thee. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Then he said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Then the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And he says, Amen. Paul, in wrapping up his letter, then wrote these words. Timotheus, my fellow worker. On a different level, Paul and Timothy were fellows in fellowship. Timotheus, my fellow worker. And Lucius, that is Luke. Timotheus, my fellow worker. And Lucius, Luke, and Jason, and Susipater, my kinsmen, salute you. So Timothy and Luke, along with Jason and Susipater, who were relatives to Paul. You see, Paul had relatives involved in the ministry. You see, when you're in ministry, you have to also make sure that you get your relatives involved. He said, my kinsmen salute you. And then... We see something that we don't often see. We see this word, the pronoun, I. I, Tertius. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Paul had a condition. It affected his eyes and he had helpers, fellow helpers. Tertius was one of them. And Tertius said, hey, Paul, give me the opportunity. Let me, let me, let me salute the brethren too. He was excited about the work. And Paul said, go ahead. And he said, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, I wrote it. Salute you in the Lord. He was excited about the Lord. And then he said, Gaius, mine host. 
Gaius was one of the leaders in the church that John wrote to. So Tertius said, Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluted you. Erastus, the chamberlain, that is the city official. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, salute you. And Quartus, a brother. And then Tertius gave his grace to, his blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So Tertius got the opportunity to write a portion. Why is this important? This is very important. Why is this important? Very important. You see, what Paul did, he was training, he was training others that at the conclusion of his fight, there were those who were willing and able to carry on. So Tertius was given the opportunity to express himself and express his greetings to the church and being under the tutelage of Paul. When Paul departed after finishing his course, he would be able to carry on. So then Paul resumed. He says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. One more time. Now to him that is to the Lord, that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. One more time. <laughs> this is so good. You got to savor it. Paul was giving them a foresight of things to come. He was letting them know now unto him that is of power to establish you according to what I preach. The everlasting gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Then he says, according to the revelation of the mystery. He said, I'm going to reveal the mystery. I'm going to give you the revelation. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Such a one was caught up to the third heavens and he heard words that were not lawful to utter. Oh, Paul was saying according to the revelation. He says, oh, the Lord gave it to me. The revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. God gave it to me. He said, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of the faith. That which was kept secret since the foundation of the world, the mystery is being revealed. It is now being made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets. God got to give it to you. According to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for obedience to the faith. He said, to God only wise, to God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. To God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And then, in parentheses, written to the Romans from Corinthians, that is from Corinth, 
and sent by Phoebe, servant of the church at Sincrea. So this epistle, this letter, was written to the Romans from Corinth while Paul was traveling through Corinth and it was sent by Phoebe, a minister, a messenger, a servant of the church at Corinthia. Our topic today, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, O God, that you have brought us thus far to the conclusion of the letter to the Romans. Lord, we pray that by your grace, by your mercies, we will continue. We will continue in the task that you've presented to us. Oh God, we wait upon you. We seek you. We seek your face. Have your way in our midst, O oh God. Open our understanding. Open our intellect. Lord, give us vision, tenacity, determination to go on steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Bible tells us there's one mediator between God and men. It's the man Christ Jesus, one advocate with the Father. It's Jesus Christ the righteous. And you can boldly go to the throne of God for yourself. You can boldly go to him. You don't need any intermediary. You can go to the throne of grace for yourself. You'll find the law there. And he will answer your every need. So I'm going to step away from here. That you may approach God. You can begin to take the initiative to approach the Lord for yourself as a servant, as a minister of Jesus Christ. And you will be strengthened to continue along the journey in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.
Amen, amen, amen. Come on home, beloved. Come on home. Won't you? Won't you please? Please come home.